All right. I am on both. Everything's looking good. Let's go. All right. Hello and welcome to uh, One Bite at a Time with yep. jo Josh and Emery talking about health, wellness, diet, um, and everything you need to manage that. There's a, it's, you know, health and wellness is like one of those things where, you know, we can talk about food and then you get depressed and you don't care anymore. So, you know, it's like, oh, I don't care what I eat. I am sad. So I, you know, I think health and wellness go hand in hand together. I feel very passionate about having that mindset around health and wellness that like, I need to take care of my mindset and I need to take care of like my body. And yeah. I think those things just, they're... What's the word? Inextricably linked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before, we, before we go any further, um, uh, introduce uh, yourself. Give us a little bit of background story. Uh, you first and then me. Okay. Uh, my name is Josh. Um, Josh Oftenly, my performing name. Josh Hoke, my real name. And I, um, my, my background in health and wellness was um, originally... In high school, I got really into um, a raw vegan diet. So I actually did that for around two and a half years. During that time, I was a wrestler. And so it was really good for maintaining my weight, really good for maintaining my energy levels. And then shortly thereafter, I joined the military and started smoking and uh, completely went off the diet. And when by the time I was like 22, 21, 21, 22, I was dealing with like a lot of depression, probably drinking a little bit to like get through those parts. And then by the time I was like 23 or 24, I just, I just didn't know how to like manage my diet. And so then when I was finally in college, um, and that, that just, it was just like a chronic problem. I would just eat really unhealthy and had a really unhealthy lifestyle. And I was just not happy there's not a happy person at all. Yeah. And then in college was when I finally started to like, um, learn about a lot about, um, like what it, what health was and what like wellness was like during this whole time, I worked out all the time. I've always loved like working out. I've always been an athlete. Um, it's fitness has always been a part of my lifestyle, but I would like, I would work out and then go eat like three McDonald's hamburgers and just be like, whatever, I don't care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I work out twice a day. So of course I can eat two cheesecakes. Who cares? Um, <laughs> so, like the whole cheesecake. Yeah. Um, but then, um, then when I was in college, um, I, I briefly went back on a vegetarian diet. Um, I didn't go vegan. Uh, it was just too, just too difficult at that time in my life. And it was, it was just like, it was just like, suddenly I just felt better, like just better. And, um, I still had issues with depression and every time I would get like depressed about something or every time I wouldn't be doing good, I'd go back to like just eating whatever. And I just noticed that pattern of if I don't feel good, I eat terrible and then I feel worse, you know, yeah. like, and, and then, um, so then it, it wasn't until I was like, maybe it really wasn't until I was maybe like 30 that I really started to like settle out with like having the ability to have like good, healthy diet, good, healthy habits around that. And then, um, that was when I, that was when I kind of started to link the whole like health and wellness thing really together. 
And that was when I started to write more because I was training clients um, part time at a couple of gyms. Uh, I still do a little bit of that uh, here in China as well. But not I don't do a whole lot of training um, that much. But a lot of the a lot of the training that I got into, particularly when I was training clients in college, um, a lot of the people were looking to lose weight. And I really I wanted to provide good diet advice, good way to do that. And I just I found that it was really difficult and that people had a lot of trouble losing weight. And so that was when I started to really research like habits and um, like what gets people in like bad eating cycles. So my background, I guess, is a little bit mixed there. It's just like um, having to come up with a way to like fix these things for myself. I really felt very passionate about um, finding ways to then share that information and share good, good diet advice as well um, or good health advice, because I really want to stray away from that word diet. So, yeah, yeah. I will talk a little bit more about that uh, later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, uh, I guess that is my turn then. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's hear from you, Emery. I'm Emery, uh, Emery Bab. I do not have a performing name uh, yet. Um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but uh, I, uh, I was an angry kid. I was always active. Um, I was playing soccer or track or rugby, um, doing something. Um, so I was generally very healthy. I could eat anything I wanted. And I remember uh, often growing up, people being like, one day, one day your uh, metabolism is going to catch up with you uh, and you're not going to be able to eat like this anymore. I was, yeah, I was young and uh, no, that doesn't, that's not real. Uh, it's not going to happen. Well, skip ahead. It, it did eventually. Um but uh, I, I struggled with with uh, with anger and uh, as a as a young man and uh, had to sort of reevaluate my life um, and my habits when I hit 21. Um, and so you have a lot more of this sort of diet and fitness perspective, I think. Um, whereas I'm coming from it uh, when when we first talked to you're like, oh, you're vegan, so you probably have uh, you probably know a lot about diet. And I said, no. well, no, actually, I don't know anything about uh dieting or dietary health anything i i take a b12 vitamin and uh i i eat what i want um the story is obviously a little more complicated than that and we'll get there um but when i was in uh college uh i ended up dropping out um taking a year off um for my senior year uh i was depressed i had anxiety i was realizing that my angry uh habits um were interfering with my life and harming the people that I loved and myself and that it was unsustainable and I had to make changes. Um, and so uh, through therapy and mindfulness uh, and uh, starting to rebuild new habits, uh, I learned to sort of take control of my life um, in a different way. And, and most recently, really within the last couple of years, um, diet has been a part of that um, with uh, being vegan, but then also with uh, doing fasting, um, again, less for a sort of health uh, and um, less for a, a physical health perspective, but more for a general wellness diet discipline or discipline and routine um, structure. So um, I'm, I'm uh, very excited to be here and, and to, to sort of uh, share this mindfulness and routine practice and learn from you more about diet and, and uh, 
see how we can share what we've learned over the years uh, with other people so that uh, they don't have to, to struggle through the same things that we did and, and uh, can get to health and wellness sooner, hopefully. And that, 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 um, that really, that brings me to like something that I definitely like before we, like in our very first episode, one of the things that I would love to lay out for people is like my feelings on, on diets. Um, and it's really simple. It's really simple, which is, um, what is it? Tell us every diet, every diet works until it doesn't. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, I don't, I don't know how to put it exactly. It's like, uh, if you follow every diet exactly the way that it says to follow it, you'll always lose weight. You know, almost all diets, you'll lose a little bit of weight. But the problem is, is like maintaining them. A lot of them, if you may, if you maintain those diets for a long time, a lot of them are really, really, really unhealthy. And a lot of them cause a significant disruption in your life. Um, so they're just like very hard to maintain. They're very difficult. And then the other thing is that, um, they're usually like the, I guess the the focus I want to say is they're unsustainable. So yeah. you have something that's very restrictive. You have something that says, "Oh, you're gonna eat like no carbs," and it's like you know you have that feeling all the time of like, "Oh, I just want something sugary. I just want something sugary," and then you're just relying on your willpower to make yourself stay within that diet. And then you get in this cycle where like you break your diet, you feel terrible you know you maybe feel terrible because you ate something that's really unhealthy and really bad or you feel terrible because you made yourself feel really guilty it just ends up in this cycle of like dieting feeling bad that you broke the diet going back on the diet failing going back on it failing going back on yeah. it feeling bad for failing and that that cycle is so unnecessary it's just well, <laughs> absolutely and it's unhealthy because it's reinforcing yeah. the, the the failure and the struggle and and yeah and 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 the other side of that is that 90% of the time or 95% of the time or like all these diets like they're they're trying to fix this underlying cause of i don't feel comfortable in my own skin and i don't know how to break bad habits and that's why this health and wellness thing goes together because it's like if you start to understand your mind if you start to understand why you're doing the things that you're doing you can start to build the healthy habits that will get you to the goal that you have and sometimes that means changing the goal you know some people have very unrealistic ideas of what they want to look like um absolutely this guy uh, like he, he was a client of mine he came in to train with me and he's like i want to look like this guy and he had a picture of a fitness model who is doing steroids and I was like, I was like, I, I was like, you have to do steroids to look like that. He's like, oh, I don't want to do steroids. Can I just get close? And I'm like, there's not <laughs> like, like there, like you can get muscular, but you can't, you can't have a waist that's that size with shoulders that big without chemicals. And it's just these, you know, you, we got to come down to earth a little bit on our, on our expectations a little sometimes. But the biggest thing is, is like coming to love ourselves, coming to accept ourselves the way we are, and then engaging in food both mindfully and having a scientific basis. And this is something that it takes a little time to build, having a basis for what is health, like what is a healthy lifestyle for eating. And it's really, it's not that complicated, but they're like, 
I wouldn't be doing a podcast if it didn't have a lot of content to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, with that, with building uh, a healthy, healthy lifestyle around diet, um, you need that wellness. Uh, we're going to have some definitions um, going forward. Maybe you can uh, share some of those uh, for our, our listeners. Um. So I I think this I think the simple definition of 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 health is oof, my working definition of health is um longevity plays a role in there so like smoking smoking cigarettes is unhealthy it kills you you know um eating a candy bar is not particularly healthy but like chocolate isn't bad for you you know, so like you, there's a, there's a happy place between I want to live till I'm 105 years old. And so that means I can never eat, you know, a bar of chocolate or anything and engaging with food in a healthy way. And when I say engaging with food in a healthy way, um, all right, so I'll make this as simple as possible. Food nourishes the body and it doesn't harm you. And so like, Snickers and Twinkies aren't food. <laughs> That's a good basic definition to start out with. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't, you can never eat a Snickers or a Twinkie. It just means that if you're eating that, you should know this is the exception. This is not the rule. So, okay. So food nourishes the body. That is, that is what food is. And you should engage food. with food. Yeah. You should, you should eat more. You should eat you should eat food regularly. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I recommend that as well. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times so. a day, usually, <laughs> usually. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, I, I like that definition of food nourishes the body, uh, and doesn't, and doesn't harm you. Um, yeah. and how my, my instinct when you said, Oh, Snickers, that's not food. was actually, that's, that's helpful to me. Um, is, is that we can look at, uh, really sugary things or these different, uh, not unhealthy, but, uh, not necessarily healthy, um, products as, 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 as drugs, um, as things that we use and build habits around that, uh, taste good, feel good, um, in moderation are, are perfectly fine. Um, but like anything else, when we move too far, when we eat too much, um, when we use too much, uh, they become unhealthy and and addictive, and that's absolutely um, in moderation is the key there. And I guess the like we can get further into defining that at a later date. But that uh, it's okay to have treats. You know, I, I I eat these things every once in a while. It's not uh, if you have a very dogmatic approach to your own health, being hard on yourself will make it worse. So yeah, yeah like you said before, it's reinforcing that that cycle of, of yeah of failure and uh i am unable to make changes and that's yeah. the first step in in making any routine is is building the 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 knowledge the routine that you can build routines reinforcing in your mind that you're capable of of making change of of being in charge of yeah. your life and your choices you get you get a lot more traction from small successes than a, a multitude of failures <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah um, so with, with that, of, of building these routines and dealing with, with food and, um, these treats, uh, in a way, looking at them like addiction, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit more about, uh, your experience with, uh, with 
diet training and and uh with with uh Judd Brewer um so this is something that I think if we change our mindsets a little bit about our actions and like our the, like the things that we do every day um and we try to think like mindfully about what things are like genuinely hurting our life um, I know a lot of people smoke cigarettes. That's something that I'm like really passionate about helping people to quit smoke, quit smoking. Um, I used to smoke cigarettes. It was just, you know, I would feel really crappy. I would have a lot of anxiety. I would feel like sad about something or I would feel upset about something. And then I would smoke and then I would feel a little better. And then I would think I'm going to die of lung cancer. And I know this. I know it's bad for me. Like, why am I doing this? And that why am I doing this? The answer is simple. It makes me feel better, mm -hmm. but it has this long-term consequence that's really bad. And like, why do people do meth? Why do people do heroin? Why do people do like really bad drugs that we think of as like, oh, I would never do meth. You know, why do they do that? Because why do it makes we overeat them feel better. Yeah, why oh, do we yeah. overeat or overexercise or, or get into any of these bad habits? It's or bad. even even anxiety can be a bad habit. You know, because you have all this excitement of the mind that you're you're mistaking for like thinking for like doing something, you know, that that it's like like I'm feeling really anxious about this. And it's like, why do we get in this like cycle? And so um, Jed Brewer is a psychologist and, and researcher. He's one of my favorite people um, on um, on addiction science, like the science of addiction. He's written extensively on it. His definition of. Um, what is an addiction is continued use despite adverse consequences. And we're going to link all of Jed Brewer's stuff at the bottom, um, give you some resources for that. Mm -hmm. But that, 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 uh, that definition is really important. Continued use despite adverse consequences. And so, you know, anxiety fits within that definition of continued use without, with adverse consequences. You you, your, your heart can speed up and like hammer in your chest when you're having a lot of anxiety. Um, you can become addicted to things that seem really mundane, like overeating, like having, you know, I, I have some ice cream before I go to bed. Like, why do I have this habit? It's making me overweight. Um, or smoking, smoking, like I feel bad, so I'm going to have a cigarette. Um, there's a lot of these little things that are continued use despite adverse consequences. And so that's Jed Brewer's definition of a bad, um, of, of, a, of an addiction. And a lot of bad habits fit this definition of addiction. So Jed Brewer has the four um, uh, anti-addiction strategies. Um, so can you introduce us to those? Yeah. So um, let's see. We have willpower, substitution, uh, priming your environment, and mindfulness. Um, so, uh, how are, how are these four strategies going to, to play into a role of helping people deal with diets, particularly? So by far and away, the last one, the, like the first one I think is the weakest one. So mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about like how, like, you know, just use your will. And I always liken this to, um, like, just do it. You know, it's like, it's like somebody's like, oh, I really need to like start exercise. Just do it. Just exercise. Like, why don't you just do it? You know? Yeah. And the answer is willpower is complicated and it's tough. And the moment you're stressed, the moment you're tired, 
the moment you have a whole bunch of like conflicting thoughts, your willpower goes out the door. So mm -hmm. use your willpower, like, you know, try to build that skill of like trying to do something. But the other strategies, I think, have a lot more like a, they're a lot more helpful. So unless you were just mm -hmm. magically born with a ton of willpower, I think you have to use a different approach. So the substitution one, I kind of like. I think it's okay. Um, well, so would you say then that maybe this this framework uh, it, it, for, for Jet Brewer is willfulness, substitution, priming your environment and mindfulness. Is this in order for his system? Um, I think these are, I think these are all, you should use them in conjunction. So all of okay. these should, like, you have to have some willpower to stop a bad habit. Of like you can't, yeah. but you the thing is, is if you, if you only rely on willpower, it doesn't work. So they are all used in conjunction. It's just that willpower is kind of like I would consider willpower to be a weak force. Like you mm -hmm. can will yourself to do something for a day or two days as long as everything lines up. But if you're only relying on that, you're going to fail. Yeah. And you have to build around a, a system to, to maintain these things. Again, like you said, exactly. to make them sustainable. Exactly. And so substitution is, I think, the one that Jed Brewer thinks of is kind of like not a good one, um, but it is one that you can use. And this is like, instead of smoking, I start vaping. So <laughs> this is like, I replace a bad habit with something that may not be as bad. And I say may because vaping is... The jury's out. Yeah. Um, or I eat, uh, I, I eat a pack of uh, candy every time I want to have a cigarette. So now I just build a habit of like eating some candy instead of having a cigarette or instead of heating like ice cream every night, you know, I have a small snack of like carrots and, and cashews. Uh, mm -hmm. But the, the problem with that is, is that you still have that like habit loop. Mm -hmm. And if you maintain that habit loop, then it's, a, it's a lot easier to fall back into that habit. Yeah. So that's why substitution can be one that you maybe use for a little while and then you just, you know, get rid of it. Kind of early, and then the primary environment. Um, that's one that I think is a is a, is always a good strategy. Which is like if you always order food out, you know, like as soon as you get home, you always order food. You know, maybe as soon as you get home, you just put your phone somewhere where you're not looking at it, mm -hmm. and then you go to your kitchen and you use like a routine. You use like something that that gets you out of that place of going like, oh, I'm home. I'll order food. You know, yeah. um, or you know priming your environment means like throw away your cigarettes if you're trying to quit um yep. <laughs> you know take the temptation and try to make it as difficult structurally as you can so put it far away from you um have a routine you know something that gets rid of it so yeah. and, and then and, and then mindfulness which i think yeah. is is the one that is uh the biggest uh the strongest most potential um both sort of beginning at least in my mind uh but then through all of this is, uh, I, I'm not sure how he phrases this again, but for me, you know, you can't, uh, you can't solve a problem. You can't fix something unless you know, you have it, um, unless you know, you have a problem, you can't work to improve it, to make things better. And yeah. mindfulness at its, at its core is being aware of whatever's happening, being aware of the good things, but also being aware of the bad things. Um, and so that's the, the key part of, recognizing first if you're calling for uh takeout getting why my every time you get home recognizing oh this is a pattern i have this is a habit um i think with smoking um these some things that we we culturally look at a little bit more directly oh this is a bad habit with eating um i think most people don't really look at this as 
in the same way. We have some vocabulary about eating being bad habits, but like I come home and I order food or uh, whenever I order, I uh, raised in the, the clean plate club. You have to order, <coughs> excuse me, you have to finish everything on your plate every time, uh, even if you're not full or even if you're already full, even if you're not feeling good, uh, making sure that you finish everything. These are different habits relating to food that in order to address, first, we have to recognize, oh, I'm doing this. This is a thing that is happening around me. I am aware. I'm mindful that this is something that I'm doing. And mindfulness, um, I think a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of different ways that people kind of don't understand mindfulness. Um, it's something I think that uh, every episode we're going to spend a little bit of time on mindfulness, right? Of so, course. yeah. So I I think that for now, you know, we don't we don't have to get too far into it. But a couple of the things that I think are really important is being non-judgmental about yourself. So just being like, oh yeah, I do have this habit, and that's okay. Like it's it's okay to be where you are. You know, and take a moment to be curious, to be like, you know, how did this happen? Like, what, what is this about? Like, where is this behavior coming from? You know, explore yourself, but also like be kind to yourself in that moment. And then that will give you like the toolkit to like start making significant changes in your life if you want. Like, if I'm not want, even saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> like it doesn't even... mean you have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't have to stop smoking. If you, if you, yeah. if you just smoke a little less, maybe that's the step you make. That's okay. You know, if you overeat every time you eat food, maybe, maybe just trying to take one or two meals where, you know, you don't overeat or you, you get to the point where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm not quite full, but maybe I'll stop here and let's just see how it goes, you know? And like, that's one of the reasons our podcast is named one bite at a time. Because solving problems is hard and solving problems with your health and with your wellness is really hard. Mm -hmm. We pay psychologists tons of money to do this. And we have some of the like brightest and best minds dedicating their whole life. And we're still, uh, we still understand so little about like us humans, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. these things are tough. Take it one step at a time. And this health and wellness take it one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. If you can, if you're overeating, eat one bite less. If you're uh, eating too little, eat one bite more. Yeah. Um, but first, just being aware of, hey, I'm eating too little or too much or at a different time or uh, something that I don't want to be eating or, or however, however you do this. Absolutely. All right. So that's our segment for the bite of the day. Uh, we talked about Judd Brewer and he's one of my favorite people. And this is, this is going to be very foundational to the rest of our podcast, because this is one of the ways that we're always going to work on creating good habits, this little framework of using mindfulness to create good habits. So, um, so I think the, the next little section here, we're, I think usually our bite of the day, we're going to want to be a little bit shorter, um, but that'll, that'll take practice. You'll have to bear with us. Um, was We were going to talk a little bit about, uh, about food and specifically meat in your diet. Uh, you said you were a raw vegan in, in high school and then a vegetarian in college, and now you're not. Um, but uh, 
can you talk a little bit more about uh, the, the the impacts of, of of meat here and the different uh, parts of your diet? Yeah, this is going to get into a very weird part of my childhood. So uh, there was a couple down the street who they were raw vegans. And the reason that they were raw vegans is because of there's like a small cult of like Christians who believe that like flesh, like that like animal flesh is kind of is evil and that like we were not intended to cook food. Like humans huh. were created by God and like cooking food is like wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, you got to eat just what's in the garden, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, they, although they do eat bread, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, like a specific type of bread that they would eat. So in any event, um, I, I want to, I want to say, and like, you may feel differently about this uh, being, being a vegan, but I, I do want to say that like from a scientific perspective and from like an ease of life perspective, being a raw vegan is extremely restrictive and it is extremely difficult. I am uh, not a raw vegan. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't want to like step on your toes in the first episode. I don't have, I don't have anything bad to say about veganism. Um, but raw veganism, I think is like, I would put that in the, in the realm of being overly restrictive. And when you get into the the realm of like overly restrictive diets, it starts to become unsustainable or you're sustaining yourself by like that fervor of belief. And these people were crazy. Like they had like a crazy cult, like with people coming over to the house all the time. And like they had very weird beliefs. But like I come from an evangelical Christian family. And so... Yeah, it was very, it was like very easy to take steps into getting weirder in that like religious mindsets. Um, I will say I felt great being a raw vegan until I skipped a meal and then I felt like I was going to die. And like, it was so hard to maintain. And I was in high school. And so like my cheats would be like, I'd eat a whole pizza. I would just, and then I would just feel terrible. And like, you can't go from like raw vegan to eating pizza. Your body just like shuts down. And it was it really messed me up a couple of times. But when I was on that diet, I felt pretty good. But it's not it's it's like you're like eating raw food is also like you don't get as much nutrients out of that food. Like cooking food yeah. helps to release yeah. certain nutrients. Um, so like if you cook carrots, you get less vitamin C out of it, and more more starch. But you like but if you eat an uncooked carrot, you get like more vitamin A or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly the way that works, but regardless, you, cooking certain foods release release more uh, nutrients, make them more bioavailable, um, and other foods like it's actually better to eat them raw. So, yeah. the thing is, is like vitamins from food are not like a science. You don't have to like go okay. I'm gonna get my thirty milligrams of vitamin A from like this, and then or if you get thirty milligrams, you'll probably die. But if you get like, <laughs> if you get if you're trying to think of it in those terms, it's really gonna be stressful. It's really not gonna be sustainable. But like, you should just eat food. Um, but like, when you have an overly restrictive diet, it can be really unhealthy. Um, raw vegans like have to not eat so many foods that it is just it's a terrifyingly it's a terrifying weight on your shoulders to do to maintain that. And so like, I, I heavily do not recommend that diet um, or that lifestyle, but that was my introduction to veganism. Um, 
and then um and and like i said there were some parts of that that were working for me like uh it really is it really does feel great to just eat like three or four salads a day like you have a lot of energy you feel good um i mean you were wrestling at the time which is yes. highly energy intensive very difficult martial sport yeah. um and and i and to, i was i was muscular that, too yeah. like there wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like my body was like wasting away um a lot of like people especially men are like oh if i'm a if i'm a vegetarian like if i don't eat meat i'm just going to I'm just going to, they're just like, I'm just going to turn into a stick. And like, I could find you five vegan bodybuilders right now on YouTube who are bigger than you, stronger than you. And like, they're like, whoever you are, they're bigger than you. Like, (laughs) but what I, I mean that the universal, the universal you, but, um, I've I've seen them. They are. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, like chimpanzees and, and, and gorillas, they have different stomachs than us, but like, they mostly eat vegetarian, you know, like you can get protein and you can get all the nutrients you need from a vegetarian diet. In many ways, it's actually better uh, to 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 maintain those. So but like I said, what what makes you a vegan? So, That's something uh, I, I was very curious about. Yeah, I uh, for, for me, uh, to be vegan is uh, for the animals and for the environment. First and foremost, um, obviously, uh, human beings were were animals as well. We're, we're mammals. Uh, we're omnivores. We don't have uh, we have teeth designed to to eat meat uh, and to to tear into things in different ways, not just to our molars or to, to grind down um, on plants. And so we're omnivores, uh, but. Uh, as uh, our, our technology and our capabilities um, of our society and our civilization have evolved, um, at this point, uh, the, the requirements to provide uh, 7 billion people with uh, meat three meals a day um, are harming our environment. And the ways that we are providing meat um, to 7 billion people, factory farming, um, locking pigs or chickens in cages and having them in there their entire much shortened lives and then um killing them slaughtering them and like uh it, it is is something that we can't excuse anymore um when you have i mean uh you grow up the, the picture of a farm you learn you have a happy cow and a happy pig and a happy chicken outside and the farmer has names for them and then one day they get old enough like oh bye bye and then you you name it and you eat it and you're like Thank you, Wilbur. Um, you're delicious bacon now. Um, but that doesn't exist. Um, factory farming is terrible um, for the animals uh, and for the environment. Um, and it's 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 something that uh, I've been vegan for about three years now. Uh, that now we're we're capable of doing uh, the the plant based um, food choices that we have, protein alternatives, but also milk and egg alternatives and cell-based things are are getting to the point where the uh even the, uh the most advanced forms of these are are getting down to to be affordable um and so for a long time i made excuses i was like oh, vegan is elite and it's not affordable for regular people and to to have these things and those were just excuses because um at the end of the day to to eat vegan um for the most part is uh, pretty simple 
um, uh, and to get the nutrients you need um, can be done very easily at your average supermarket. Um, I do take a B12 supplement in the mornings, um, but every, otherwise, now I eat what I want pretty much every day. Um, now, I said pretty much every day. On Mondays, uh, I do a, an intermittent fast, a 24-hour from Sunday night to Monday night. I don't eat for 24 hours. But again, this isn't for diet. Um, the main thing for this for me is, is routine and discipline. Um, and so now with, with that one um, exception, I eat what I want uh, for the other five days a week or the other six days a week uh, and am healthy. I, I play rugby. I, I bike to work. I'm in good shape. I'm not a professional athlete, but uh, that's because I, I don't approach it as a diet perspective. Um, but I do approach it with, I want to push our, our technology, our food technology, our, our society to, to, to be better, to do better because we have the capability, um, to be better to the, the animals that, uh, we raise the, the earth that we're responsible for as, as it's sort of peak, um, life form. Um, and I, I think we, we can do better and we need to, we must. There's. There's this interview, something you said made me think of. Um, I can't remember if it was Le LeBron James or or Kobe. May he rest in peace. Um, but uh, it was it was it was them showing their them like their home, and then he like opens his refrigerator, and it's just like all vegetables, and it's just like all these really really healthy things. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, as I'm getting older. Um, I, I, it was either LeBron or Kobe and I can't remember which one it was, but he was like, yeah, as I'm getting older, I like, I have to eat like this to keep up with people. And like, you know, you, you mentioned like you're, you're, you're in shape, you know, and it's like eating that healthy diet helps so much to, to, to maintain like any level of fitness. And that's something when I was 20, I could, you know, I could pound just about any, any kind of food and I would be fine. But then it did like there's there's absolutely a link between eating that kind of diet and then also like feeling bad like i would perform athletically but then i would also like feel terrible yeah so um well, that, that's really interesting i mean so i don't for me it, it was sort of an incidental thing at the end like today i feel great uh i've i i i have three requirements for myself and the people around me I, th three questions like are you happy are you healthy uh, and are you harming people around you? Obviously everything we do, like we can't impact, we can't not hurt people ever, but like we can minimize that as much as possible. Um, and yes, I'm happy, I'm healthy and I'm doing my very best each day to, to minimize the, the harm to uh, the people around me. Um, but that's an incidental thing for me. If this is the, the, the discipline with fasting, the, the, the diet from being vegan, these are things that are a result of, of uh, before, I guess, if I've been vegan now for three or some three or four years before that, of starting to build these routines and habits, um, starting to uh, make my bed first thing in the morning when I get up and to make sure things just one, one bite at a time um, to improve my ability to improve my habits. Um, and so I, for me personally, I, I don't know, like, if, I, I can't say like, oh, before this, I, I changed my diet and I'm happier. Um, but I can absolutely say that my diet and, and my routines around my diet are a key part of me being happy and healthy today. 
Yeah, and that that's definitely something too. I feel very. Uh, it it always bothers me when I see people who are like the health and fitness industry that are like, "Oh, you're depressed? Well, you just must be eating bad." And it's like, no, you could eat very, very, very perfectly and still be horribly depressed. Um, yeah. And in fact, like trying to make that one in one connection there will be something that will cause problems later on in life because. Like you're depressed because you need to see a therapist and you need to like talk to someone about that. Um, it is definitely something that if you work on your eating, you work on your life habits and it goes away, then like perhaps it wasn't clinical. But if you're clinically depressed, like you need to see a professional like yeah, yeah. that cannot and, and be. Of, of course, I, I, as, <laughs> as therapy saved my life. I think oh, okay, every, good, everyone good, good. should go to therapy. Yeah. Like, it's awesome to be able to have yeah. someone sit there and listen to you. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel very yeah. passionately about, it. you know, you, yeah. you, you know, I don't think that you always have to be in therapy. There are people who are like, you should always be in therapy, but like it is, if you're having trouble with something and like, you're like, well, maybe I should like, you know, try this extreme diet and maybe I'll feel better. Talk to a therapist and then maybe start working on some of your lifestyle changes, lifestyle habits. Um, a lot of times like cognitive behavioral therapy goes hand in hand with like creating habits and creating like, uh, ways to deal with like some of the triggers that may be making you feel bad or, or some of the things that like are, um, like going to help you get out of that depression. So, well, um, and I think this is going to be something we talk about a lot. Um, but it's like you said, with the profession, the, the, the diet coaches and, and professionals saying, oh, you need to fix your diet. It's like, uh part of part of as this is that one bite at a time approach is it's yeah. not any one thing um it's it's a, a larger system of of lifestyle habits yeah. that you need to address to be happy and healthy to have health and wellness um but you have to tackle that one bite at a time one baby step at a time yeah. um to teach yourself that you can have control that you can uh, make these choices in your own life and and yeah. to to do this um, and I, so. I definitely feel like at one point we're going to do like an entire episode about intermittent fasting, but I do want to ask you, um, you said you use it for like more of a discipline and, uh, is, is that, is the discipline approach to like having this like one day where you don't eat, does that help you just to maintain like other places in your life where you need like maybe some extra willpower or maybe you need like that extra, like boost of like confidence of knowing if I decide I need to do something, I have the ability to do this. Is that where that discipline helps you? Or is it just like, I know this is like something I do every week. And so just having that is just, you know, it just does that one day and that's it. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's like, I guess it's building those routines, building those habits, uh, but it goes hand in hand with my mindfulness is that you know, mindfulness practice, um, you, you sit um, or, or are mindful every day um, to practice, to build up the skills of, of, of being mindful. And we'll go through this a little bit more later um, in our, our mindful moment. Um, but uh, it, it's to, to sit with and to, just sit, to recognize, okay, I'm hungry. I want to eat. This is a time everyone else around me is eating. I'm watching them eat. Um, but that's okay. Uh, uh, hunger is not uh, one of the, the, the key things. That I, I didn't want hunger to be an excuse for me anymore. Uh, growing up, like, oh, you're hangry. Or like, uh, my mom would be angry. And my mom would be like, did you sleep well? Did you eat enough? 
Um, and I was like, ah, yes, I, I was hungry probably. Uh, and th these, are, these are excuses to, to uh, uh, things that, that limit us from being able to make the changes that we want in our lives is uh, having those. And so, yes, it's a routine. Yes, it's a, a sort of a scheduled thing that I can look forward to. I do it on Mondays because uh, I like to have that the weekend of really letting loose um being able to to go out and to have fun and to eat and drink and be merry and then resetting every week um disciplining myself through okay like i i did whatever i wanted sort of and now i'm doing again what i want but in a disciplined way that's going to reset and to help me um maintain this to be comfortable hunger is my friend it's just a part of me um, like you said, we'll have to do a, a whole episode more. On, I know there's there's uh, health benefits and, and discussions about that, um, but as just as a discipline tool of of, uh, of being comfortable, being hungry, being aware that you're hungry, uh, being able to make those choices and later, okay, uh, I want this. Well, just like I want food, I can choose not to eat today because that's what I want. This is yeah. Um, something that I'm in control of. Yeah. Intermittent fasting, I think is a really interesting topic. So I want to, I want to like give it its due justice because a lot of people are like, well, I just won't eat and then I'll fit into this, like, you know, outfit that I want to wear for some event or something. And that's, that's the side of, uh, I think intermittent fasting that starts to scare me, uh, yeah. or like the spiritual side where people are like, I'm going to do a 21 day fast. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would That's like really to do, extreme. <laughs> yeah, like three day fasts every uh, quarter or half yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, for that, like, sort of not spiritual, but that mental discipline of yeah. being able to be in control, our bodies can handle it. We're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You cannot eat food for things. three days. And yeah. not only will you be okay, like, the worst that's going to happen is you have some headaches. So, yeah. of course, if you have any medical issues, you absolutely should talk to a doctor. Doctor, If you already are like type 2 or type 1 diabetic, you absolutely have to talk to a doctor before doing something like that. But just a normal, regular person, if you don't eat for three days, you'll feel hungry. It'll be a little difficult, but you'll get through it. Um, yeah. Now, as to whether that's going to help you meet a weight goal or something like that and whether it's beneficial is something i think we should definitely spend time on a whole episode so because yeah. that's there's a lot of, there's a very it's a nuanced discussion it's a you know as, as anything is <laughs> yeah it's always yeah. more complicated than than we market it than we uh yeah. say things and so you have to remember to go so, beyond the sound bites so i i'm not a vegetarian um i'm not a vegan i i i do eat like impossible burgers. I do eat, uh, uh, the, 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 like, um, what do you call it? Fake meat. I don't like calling it fake meat. The, the marketing problem, but it's accurate. Fake meat works <laughs> for now. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the, the I, there's, there's part of me that's really split with this because, um, I love tempeh. I think tempeh is delicious. But tempeh is not fake meat, but then it's like marketed as fake meat sometimes, or like tofu is like meat replacement. And like tofu is just good in its own right. It doesn't have yep. to like it, it doesn't have to taste like meat. Um, Absolutely. So, so there's there's a part of me that also like I kind of wish sometimes that like like a burger replacement, 
like that that i think is fine because there's a lot of people who are vegetarians who are like god i just miss a, a good burger and like if you have a beyond burger you know if and you miss that like burger taste i can understand missing that but at the same time like um meat substitution is still like i mean if we think of meat as like an addiction then it's like substitution still maintains that like easier to fall back but um i don't know if i will in the in the near future go into a, ve a vegetarian diet um there's definitely a part of me that wants to and i think the thing the reason that i don't is because just like getting everything done and and having so many things to do it just it ends up being a very simple way to eat a good amount of protein by having meat in there but from like if i'm a nutritionalist and i'm talking to you on nutrition and you say can i be a vegetarian and there is no and that you can't do and be a vegetarian it just doesn't yeah. exist like yeah. you know or if vegan. you or yeah or vegan yeah. yeah um so i you know for me i think the science is like pretty clear that corporations have spent a lot of money meat corporations have spent a lot of money to push the science and push scientists to publish things that are just in some ways lies just like the health industry did for not the health industry the cigarette industry did for years and years and years had a targeted marketing campaign to push a lie that these things were uh they, that they were good for you there's people that say like red meat is good for you the who says that it causes cancer like there is no amount of science that says eating red meat is necessary for like human life or human consumption. And like, I very rarely eat red meat. It's, 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 it literally causes cancer. There's no, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like if I'm being honest with you, I have to say that, like, I cannot, yeah. like, that's the, that's where the science is. Um, and there's some, there's some links that I'll provide for this because I certainly don't want to like, just say it. Um, and then on the other side, uh, we are overfishing our our oceans. That is, like, we're overfishing it. It is destroying habitats. It is unsustainable. And, like, it is harmful for our planet. Like, this is a bad habit that, as a species, we're engaging in. And we know the consequences. We know they're dire. And we're just continuing to do it. And then... Um, there so there are some things like like chicken and the way that they farm chicken it puts migrant workers at risks it there's so like in america migrant workers are the are are all the people who work in tyson factories there it's a horrible working conditions um uh, it's horrible working conditions and that's to say nothing of how terrible it is to be a chicken in that in, like in that place so like if you care about human suffering then like consuming less meat takes away from human like human suffering because the working yep. conditions in confined animal feeding operations from from cows to chickens to pigs it is to shrimp. awful yeah to shrimp uh, where you have like all these humans along the food chain uh doing all this terrible like like repetitive awful labor and in many ways dangerous labor um like cows that are about to be killed are not happy cows they are dangerous cows yep. so yep. And that's yeah. not to talk about the the disease uh, jumps. Oh yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So the you know there's there there are almost there 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 aren't any good arguments to be made f 
for eating meat. <laughs> and like that's something that like as someone who eats meat, I'm just aware of that. And so like I don't judge myself on making that decision. <laughs> step one. That's step one. Uh but at the same time, um there is an efficiency to the the amount of protein you can get from that. But the caveat there is there's trans fats in meat that they cause uh, they caught ca- there's there's linkages to depression. Um, there are, you know, huge problems with like trans fats and causing like health problems, heart problems. Um, there's just no like you do get a lot of the protein, a lot of those amino acids that are uh, necessary, but that comes in like a poison pill. And so, you know. Yeah, I like I'm somebody that like no matter what I try to be as honest as I can when I read research and I like like let the data and the science prove things. And there was been no part like I approached health as being like, yeah, eat a lot of meat, eat a lot of vegetables, eat grains, you'll be fine. And then I studied this and I was like, yeah, meat's bad for you. Full stop. That's it. There's no. (laughs) I I get the feeling uh, if if I just let this go on long enough, you'll talk yourself into it uh, eventually. Uh, well, and science, that's like you said, the science is pretty clear. Um, yeah, the, and that's the something that are... I definitely. So I would say, I would say that then um, the question is, how far do you take that? And like you obviously took that to veganism. Um, I I grew up on a farm. I've 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 butchered animals a number of times. Um, I've processed deer. Uh, we, we used to, we used to go hunting and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I'm not somebody who's, uh, an animal rights activist. Um, I have read Peter Singer's animal liberation. I have been introduced to some of the animal rights, uh, activist, uh, philosophy. Um, there's a lot there that's worth reading and worth like, like absorbing, um, some of it to me has like more weight. Some of it is, is like really good. Some of it, I've just kind of like, that's not really doing it for me. But the other side of that is we live on a planet that has a finite number of resources and the resources it takes to make meat are one, a bad use of our resources Two, they are harmful and three, they are not sustainable. The, and that there is no, there's nowhere to like, there's no like, ambiguity there in those arguments there's no way to not see the weight of that problem because we will all suffer dire consequences if we don't change our habits and so i usually do like a meatless mondays or like a meatless wednesdays one or the other i take one day out of the week to do meatless um that is something that i've been doing for a couple of weeks now uh i've i've done it in the past as well but then i just kind of life got really like choppy and and tough but that's something that like, you know, I think maybe as a podcast, we could bring something like that back to introduce people to a vegetarian lifestyle. And then mm-hmm. maybe as the podcast goes on, because I'm hearing myself talk and I'm like, well, I just said it. So, you know, <laughs> tune in next time to see where Josh is at on <laughs> on doing what he knows he should. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're coming up close to an hour. Um I think uh, th- this might be a good topic to to come back to next time. Uh, I know we had uh, some some further discussion here, but uh, maybe dive into this a little bit more. 
um, in the next episode uh, of, of specifics of, of some of these things you mentioned about uh, the impacts of, uh, of, of meat on, on your health uh, and, and some of the studies there. Um, and then uh, how mindfully uh, we can approach that. Obviously, we see here that the start is that awareness, um, being, being mindful, being aware of, of habits and of, of the situation. Well, and that's something that, like, it's just dawning on me right now that I'm like, wow, I really do consume a lot of meat for really no reason. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, there it is. Like, yeah, well, yeah, it, just never. It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was vegetarian for a day. Um, I, I was like, I'm going to quit meat, I, but I don't want to quit cheese. Um, so I was vegetarian for a day. And then I was like, this is all the same problems, um, for the animals and for the environment. We're still raising, um, the, the livestock, uh, the cows in, in the same terrible conditions. Um, dairy farming is horrible, um, objectively terrible to be a cow, um they just maybe live a little bit longer than they would but they still get murdered uh executed in the same way when their lifespan is up uh and uh so yeah it's like i had that that this feeling right now you're just like this isn't there's there's my values and what i know to be real yeah and then there's the the excuses that i'm making to prevent yeah. myself from from making change this um, is but it all takes a, time yeah, and I would say this is a very like um topical, like we're on the very top of this like why vegetarian like diet and or why vegan diet even. Um I think that's definitely something we we will end up spending more time on and I would love to do it do justice. But um for this episode, I really wanted to like wrap up with um kind of like the heart of you know how these things all work together, like having like, I want to say, like, having health and wellness, it's a toolkit. You should have multiple things in your toolkit to to maintain this and to, to, to have, like, your eating and your, like, lifestyle be something that's working for you that's not causing you to just feel unhappy and feel bad or be, like, not be able to get, your, get to your health and fitness goals. Um, so the very, the very thing, the thing that I wanted to talk about was, Health and wellness. Um, so your health is going to impact your wellness. Your wellness is like your like your day to day. How do I feel? So you said, "Am I happy?" Um, what's your What's your second rule? Am I healthy? And are you healthy? And you're like, if you're not healthy, you're not going to be happy. Um, you certainly, if you have like a, a chronic problem, you can get used to that chronic problem, but. If you just like, you know, keep keep getting sick because you keep, you know, you know, crashing your immune system from just eating junk food all the time, it's going to make you feel bad. Um, and, and, and so like your your wellness and your health go hand in hand. But then there's this there's this side of it, which is also, you know, how do you sustain that? And like that, that that sustainability is bigger than just you, because if you're like. It, I, I've heard people talk about this diet where it's like you basically eat um, kale, a lot of kale and a lot of salmon. And it's like, it's like, yeah, that's that that could be healthy. You get a lot of DHA from salmon. You get a lot of like good, good fiber and stuff from kale. But um, yeah, the 
the the the ocean's going to turn into acid and you know we're going to overfish salmon and the earth is going to like suffer horrible consequences because you're just like yeah this salmon diet's amazing i feel great yeah. you know what if, and, what if seven billion people do nothing but eat kale and salmon uh, i mean farming kale is actually really easy it's a it's one of the greatest crops it's so easy to grow but the salmon the salmon will be bad um <laughs> like you can't grow that much salmon salmon is is a very like uh like protein dense. That's fish. what I'm talking about with the, the food tech, you know? Yeah. If we can spin it up, we can grow it in 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 petri dishes or oh, vats. Wait. Um, wait, you would so would you eat salmon if it was like grown cell by cell? Yes. Would you eat beef if it was grown cell by cell? Yeah. I mean this is what I'm talking about with with pushing our food tech forward is that these are really interesting ways for us to the the animal I mean there's no brain brainstem nervous system involved to lose lack social life or to to feel pain to be stressed um the environmental consequences are obviously um greatly minimized um but yeah pushing us toward these new technologies these new ways to to have you you have i mean in this case you have one salmon right and the salmon is it you let it live in the the ocean and you hang out oh this is my pet salmon and you get some cell scrapings from it and then it feeds uh billions of people but it lives its life otherwise exactly the same that's in line with um a vegan diet a vegan lifestyle oh interesting um, yeah yeah okay cool uh i think um i think for me i i would i would probably do that as well because i'm i don't have uh some some of the I don't know I don't know we could get into that later. Anyhow, the the thing that I wanted to get to was the service part, and this is something that like I absolutely um, think really really matters a lot. Um, it's kind of the the thing that ties these things together. Um, you need to do things for other people, <laughs> and like that doesn't mean like go out and like proselytize your way of life to them or something like that. But there should be some outflow of like kindness or something that you do uh, to help other people. And that's going to help your health. It's going to help your wellness. It's, it's going to help you see like the, the point of sustainability. And I think as the podcast goes on, we could organize some things to, to, to be of service to people. But it's something that like if you only focus on these goals for yourself uh, and you don't try or do anything to see outside of yourself just having like selfish goals for yourself um not to say that you're a selfish person for having that having goals for yourself is good it's healthy but if you only have that um i think that it's limited and i think that your personal growth will continue to be limited while you maintain just only thinking about is this good for me and you know me and mine and so that 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 be of service. I was a Boy Scout growing up. That's one of the that's one of the Boy Scout. Um, oh man, Boy Scout creed, Boy Scout motto. I forgot, but it's actually be of service. Is like is that I was in a I was in a fraternity in college for a short period of time, a academic fraternity, and that was part of their uh, their 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 mantra was like be of service. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that like I feel very passionately about is like do some volunteering, be of service, try to find a way to pour into other people. So for me, um, this podcast is part of me being of service. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. And then I also, you know, you have to think bigger than yourself. And, you know, that like if you don't if you only care about yourself, you can you can care about the environment. You know, if you only care about, you know, animals because you like them, then, you know, it you can you can make yourself do that. But like the world is so much bigger and like the moment you open your heart to like be let it be the bigness that it is, it it won't hurt you, you know. Mm-hmm. It it will only make it'll only make things bigger. So Oh, and this this is what we're talking about. One bite at a time is is how do you start? And that that is, I think, that's where we're going. Um, for us, for personally, you and me, where we're at in our own lives, um, this is a point where we need to be giving back more. Is that we're at that point? But for other people, the one bite is just starting to to be happy, to be healthy. Um, like it's really interesting. Uh, happiness uh i i put happiness first um as sort of a, a got you question i'm like are you happy people are like oh yeah i'm totally happy and i say but are you healthy and they're like uh actually no um and then from there you you know you can't be not harming other people including yourself if you're not healthy um but absolutely you have to be healthy first you ha- and that's a, a a part of being self like uh, the good form of selfishness of, of setting your own boundaries of, of, of asking for what you want and what you need um, and being selfish to take care of yourself, to be healthy, um, then to be happy. But then once you get to that next stage, what is next is that you have to, to, to be of service. You have to give back to others. And this is a key tenant of, of every major religion or, or structure of organization, human beings or social creatures. Um, and we have to work together. And so we have to find that balance of being selfish enough to take care of ourselves um, to be happy and to healthy, but then uh, to 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 do no harm, to to minimize our harm to others, also means um, the the positive of that is to to help others, to support them, so that they don't make yeah. the same mistakes you did before, and and the future is is better than um, it was. Yeah. So you know, for 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 everybody right now, you don't need to like go find a way to be of service to your community. Um, I think the big takeaway here is, uh, try to be mindful about, um, your daily habits and what you're doing that may, may be having, uh, some, some, some harm. Usually we're aware of these things usually. Or we're um, capable of being aware of them. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, the, the takeaway for me for today is, uh, how much meat am I eating and how much meat do I need to eat? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, is this, is this helping me reach my goals? And I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not, I had vegetarian pizza last night. I actually, yeah, it was, it wasn't vegan. It was, it had real cheese, but I like, I didn't miss meat at all. Like, yeah. you know, it's not. Like I, even when I was like a raw vegan, the things that I would miss were never like a big juicy steak. And like, I've never understood that anyhow. So I, I've, I've had that craving. You've had that. Not as a a vegan, but like when I was, when I was before, I was like, I need that, that the craving when I was on diets, when I tried to experiment with different sort of routines. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe more on that later. So we'll, we'll see what, we'll see if I go vegetarian, what I miss. So <laughs> I, look, I look, look forward to the, the evolution and the, yeah. see where this goes. But yeah, um, but yeah, to be, be, uh, be, be healthy, be happy, um, take care of yourself. That, that selfishness or that, that, that service, you know, uh, for individuals, for people listening, wherever you are, maybe that being of service is to finally learn how to take care of yourself. 
um, to, to, to first be of service to yourself um, so that you can be healthy, so that you can be happy, and then so that you can um, be of service to the people around you to help uh, the people that you love in no particular uh, rush or timeline, but just as as we grow every day and uh, improve as, as human beings. Absolutely. So uh, I think that concludes our outro moment. So that brings us to our mindfulness moment. Yeah. So uh, this uh, that that is essentially the the, the episode. Um, you're welcome to to log out here to 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 turn off if uh, you have other things to do. But at the end of each one of our our episodes, I'd like for us to do a mindful moment. Um, I'm going to introduce a little bit of vocabulary here, so to be a little bit longer today than normal. Um, but then we'll just spend about five minutes um, doing a, a short mindfulness exercise. Um, and so, real quick, uh, I'm from using a, a framework from a, um, a, a, cognitive, a, a contemplative neuroscientist um, perspective from a, a meditation teacher named Shinzen Young. Um, it's called Unified Mindfulness, and at its most basic, is it does what Bruce Lee did for martial arts, um, is it says, uh, if this contemplative mindfulness practice from whatever system you're in works, we implement it together um, and we make a, a simple structure. Uh, and that structure uh, at its most, uh, we'll link uh, more information to this below as well, um, but is uh, what's called a see, hear, and feel structure. Everything that we experience that we are mindful of, and mindfulness is being aware of what's happening. Everything that's happening uh, can be categorized into something that we're seeing, that we're hearing, or what we're feeling. Um, seeing, again, can be, uh, I'm looking at your face, I can see you, um, I can uh, uh, see the, the, the judgment deer behind you. Um, or if I close my eyes, um, I can imagine something that happened before, or I can see the, the, the fuzziness or the dots of things that are happening. That's a see. Uh, or hear, obviously, again, I can hear your voice. Um, I can hear uh, the, the grumbling of my stomach. Um, if I'm hungry, I can uh, hear mental talk in my mind of, oh, you shouldn't have eaten that. You're a bad person. Uh, this, I can hear that in my mind. It's not auditory, but we kind of classify that as here. And then feel, um, I can feel uh, when I pinch my skin or when I'm sitting on something, but I can also feel emotions. Um, I can feel uh, upset or worried about things. Um, and so see, hear, and feel. And so for today's mindfulness moment, we'll just practice. Um, if you're sitting, uh, if you uh, are in one place, maintaining a good posture, sitting up straight, um, being conscious, uh, implying uh, willpower to, to how we're sitting. If you're in motion, if you're moving, if you're walking, you're in the subway, that's fine as well. Um, you don't need to close your eyes. You can do this uh, with your eyes open or with your eyes closed, uh, but just starting to uh, be aware. And so for the next five minutes, we'll just practice seeing, hearing, and feeling what's going on around us. Um, so if you are sitting, uh, if you can close your eyes, it does help. Um, so we can close our eyes, but then just as thoughts, as experiences arise in your mind, um, recognizing that and, and recognizing, is this something I'm seeing? Um, is this something that I'm hearing? Or is this something that I'm feeling? Um, so for uh, the next few minutes, let's sit or walk, uh, whatever we're doing, 
just be here and start to learn, start to, again, one by a time, build this skill of just being present, being aware of what is happening. Mm -hmm. Just sit and, and or stand and uh, experience that. And as things come up again, we're just classifying. Are they seeing something? Are we hearing something? Are we feeling something? We're not judging ourselves for what the content is. Uh, if we get sucked into the feeling, the thought process, just whenever you realize that, to come back to just trying to recognize, oh, this is happening. Is it see, is it hear, or is it feel? Again, if your eyes are open, seeing is what's going on around you, recognizing when your eyes latch on to something, oh, I'm seeing this, uh, you're experiencing it, what are you seeing? Um, note it and then come back to um, just sitting and, and recognizing. If you're sitting, if you can hear uh, noise outside, cars or nature, uh, if you can hear voices in your mind talking to you, oh, this is, this is weird, what am I supposed to be doing? What's going on? Just noting, recognizing that here. And then back to just sitting with, sitting with your breath, sitting with the moment. And then feel again, maybe you feel your feet pressing into the floor. Um, maybe you feel uh, sweat running down uh, your back or maybe again, maybe you feel hungry or, or upset. Um, maybe you feel frustrated as some sort of emotion. Uh, recognize it. Try not to get caught up into it. If you do, that's okay. Just recognize that, oh, I'm feeling, feel, say feel and then come back to, to sitting and, and recognizing. So that was our mindful moment. Um, I forgot to set a timer, so I'm not sure how long we went for. Uh, moments can be be variable here. Uh, in the future, I'll, I'll try to uh, set something more so it'll be a specific five minutes. Um, but that's see, hear, and feel. This is, again, uh, 
our first bite, um, starting to have a basic vocabulary for what we're experiencing, what we're aware of, what's happening, so that we can start to be mindful and start to train ourselves to, to know that we can be mindful and to know that we can to make new habits. Um, so uh, that's One Bite at a Time, episode one. I'm Emery. And I'm Josh. This was wonderful. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right. We'll see y'all next time. All right. And that's our episode. We did it, Emery. Woo! Did you hit did you hit stop recording on Audacity? I just did after my woo. Okay. Uh, good job. Cool. Wow. Sweaty. Good job. Yeah, I don't know why my room is so hot. Like is it hot? Ner nerves. Yeah. Nerves. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna work on not talking for so long, but uh I'm pretty happy with that episode, Emery. No, I, 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 I for different subjects, different perspectives, we're gonna we're, we're gonna flow and it's going to be good i i think that went really well um i'm very happy with that I, I guess we'll see how it turns out but